so good to be here. It's so good to uh, see you all. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for traveling uh, and being with us today. Uh, as uh, Nina said, uh, I'm Graham. I'm married to Sarah, who is sadly not here. Uh, we have four kids uh, of our own, and uh, we're also foster carers as well. So our own kids are aged between, uh, I know this, I know this, I know this, <laughs> between 15 down to five. Uh, and we've also got a, a baby with us who's a one-year-old uh, in foster care. We're looking after at the moment as well. So uh, home is busy, so Sarah's at uh, home with them this weekend. Uh, and uh, I get a privilege to lead the team in uh, Jubilee Church in, in Derby, as you were saying, which is right in the middle of England. So it's pretty much uh, England's most central city. And uh, I lead the team there and also get to serve uh, Jeremy, uh, on the Christ Central Apostolic Team, working with uh, some 275 churches uh, right around the world, uh, which is a lot of fun and a great privilege. And uh, a number have uh, come over from the UK this weekend, some from Derby and uh, others uh, from Halifax and Bradford as well, uh, to be with you and, uh, and to serve you over this weekend. And uh, we're just thrilled for all that you're going for here in Gothenburg uh, and in Sweden and across Scandinavia. Uh, I'm trusting that uh, we can serve uh, Josh and, uh, and yourself, Nina, well over this weekend and I hope be a blessing and an encouragement to you. So if you're part of the church here, that's great. We look forward to spending tomorrow morning with you as well. Uh, if you've travelled in or just here today, then thank you so much for being here today. It's great to have you with us, and uh, we're praying that today would be a great encouragement to you. So worship was fun, wasn't it? Wasn't that good? I don't know where the team have gone. They've disappeared, but uh, Ali and the guy. Oh, yeah, over there. Thank you, mate. Thank you for serving us. Can we show our appreciation to these guys? Thank you so much. So we've been running Pursuing His Presence conferences in Derby for the last few years. And uh, I'll come on in a moment to talk about how that happened. Um, but I was uh, at a meeting uh, not so long ago, and uh, we were sitting around uh, in an evening having dinner uh, with some friends. And I was chatting to, uh, to Stu and Gaynor, who have disappeared. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you, there you are, in different places, I can see. And uh, we, we were talking about uh, really a heart for Europe and a heart for what God wanted to do right across the continent of Europe. And uh, you know in those conversations, you're, you're having what seems to be a very straightforward conversation on a human level, and then suddenly God breaks in. And like suddenly the words that you begin to say you think, ah, God seems to be breathing on this. And uh, I don't know who it was, but one of us made a throwaway comment which just seemed to have no significance at all, we thought. We, just, we said something like, hey, let's do a Pursuing His Presence conference in Europe then. Like, oh, maybe God's in this. Maybe God wants to do something in some other places. And... 
I know God's on the move doing lots of things in lots of places, and it's so exciting to see that. We thought, well, maybe you know, God wants to do something with, with little old us as well. Maybe we can be a bit of a blessing in one or two places. And uh, then we're thinking, hey, but we've got some friends in Gothenburg who are here and planting a great church in this great city. Maybe we should see if that would work and we could be a blessing and an encouragement to you. And so that's how it started. Well, what just seemed like at a conversation across a dinner table, suddenly the Holy Spirit blew upon and there was something of God in it. So the journey for us started uh, back in 2014. And uh, it, the journey for us in pursuing God's presence really started with my dad. And uh, in his later life, my, my father had had a number of health issues, was quite unwell. And uh, then in the autumn of 2014, he got very ill very quickly. And um, he ended up in hospital and died just a few days before his 76th birthday in October 2014, just, just five years ago, which we celebrated uh, a week or two ago. And obviously that was quite a sad time for us as a family, but Dad knew Jesus, and we knew where he'd gone. So we were sad, but rejoicing at the same time. Do you, do you know that? So we're sad because we're missing Dad but rejoicing because he's not in pain anymore. He's not in discomfort anymore. He's with his saviour who he's been following for years. And so it's that funny mix of emotions there. Um, but we had uh, a couple of weeks or so after uh, dad's death, his funeral, his Thanksgiving service. And uh, we were celebrating my dad's life and thanking God for him and thanking him for some things that he taught me over the years and, and others. And uh, his church was packed and we were you know, thanking God for him. And, and I got up to speak and to uh, bring a, a eulogy. So you talk about the person who has died and make some memories of them. And as I was doing that, my cousin, who's called Trevor, you don't know him, but that's his name. So my cousin, Trevor, he felt God speak to him for me as I'm speaking about my dad at his funeral, at his Thanksgiving service. So after the service, my cousin came, came to me. In fact, I think, I think he passed me a bit of paper when I, when I'd, when I'd sat down saying, I've got a word for you. God's spoken to me for you. And, and this is what he says. I spoke to him after the service. This is what Trevor said to me. He said, as you were speaking, I just felt God say simply, it was time for you to take things to the next level. My feeling was that it's time for you to move things on in your church in some way. I had not expected to receive a prophetic word at my dad's funeral. I had not got gone expecting really to hear from God on that day. 
But after the service, Sarah, my wife, and I, we were, we were chatting to, to Trevor, my cousin, and, and his wife. And they were talking to us. They were telling us some stories of what they had seen God do in some other places. So we're there, having just been sad, because my dad has died. We've had his funeral service. Then I'm getting a prophetic word, God speaking. And now I'm in a conversation with my cousin, with my cousin Trevor. And, and God is stirring our hearts as we hear about what he's been doing in some other places. You know, when we hear stories like that, we get a choice, don't we? In a moment, we can choose to hear stories with faith or his stories with cynicism. Either we can go, wow, what, look what God's doing. Or we can go, oh, I've heard it all before. I've seen that, didn't work out. Or yeah, I've been there, seen that, done that. We get a choice in that moment of how to receive stories like that, don't we? I want to encourage us even today to receive what God is doing with faith and expectation in your hearts. Just in a moment, you get a choice of how you receive it, how you listen to what's being shared. I want to encourage us, friends, here with faith today. You know, if you've been around a bit, like I have, and if you've been in church for any length of time, you can very quickly think, ah, I've seen it all before. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. But I want to encourage us to put that aside and say, ah, this is God doing something fresh. And maybe God's going to surprise you today like he surprised me on that day. Now, you've come to a conference about pursuing God. So maybe you're expecting God to speak. That would not be unusual, would it? I was not expecting God to speak at my dad's funeral. But I want to encourage us today to have hearts open to what God wants to say to us. You know, this is a particular danger, I think, for those of us who are leaders. To keep our hearts soft before the Lord. Keep asking him to speak to us. And to stir us. So I'm listening to, uh, to Trevor and uh, his wife Janet. Uh, we're listening to what the stories they're telling us about, what they've seen God do, and some healings that have taken place, and some wonderful stories of salvation and God breaking in quite miraculously. And we're, we're wow, this is amazing to hear that. And they were talking about what they'd seen. And we'd, we'd been through quite a tough season at church. Never mind personally with my dad dying, but we've been through a hard season at church. It's been, been difficult. And um, we're listening to, to some stories of God doing some new things and God healing in quite miraculous and wonderful ways and God stirring our hearts. So I'm there in this church building We've just had my dad's funeral and God's doing something new in my heart. I'm thinking, 
Wow, he's breathing on me again by his Spirit. He's stirring my heart, wanting to see something more and something fresher of him. You know, we were feeling worn out. We were feeling fed up. We were feeling all wrung out, nothing left really to give. And then God did something in our hearts. I wonder, I wonder what does God want to do today for some of you? Maybe you can relate to something of my story thinking, you know what, it's, it's been tough. It's been hard going. You know, you've been plugging away, faithfully serving Jesus, but it's tough. It's been hard going. And you're thinking, oh, you're coming to a day like today saying, Lord, would you speak? Would you breathe on me again by your Spirit? Maybe that's some of you today. I'm going to ask you in a moment, if that's you, to stand. And uh, we're going to pray, even, even right now, even right now, we're going to pray. And right at the beginning part of our day, to expect God to break in. But before we do that, let me just jump back to that word I use, cynicism. Maybe there's a little bit of cynicism in your heart. You're thinking... I've, I've heard this before. I've, I've been around a while. I've seen this. I've, you know, been different places. If that's you this morning, I feel God wants to break that and set you free from it and put in you a heart that wants to hear from him afresh. Is that you this morning? Is that you? We're going we're gonna to open up the Bible in a moment. If you're thinking, he hasn't got to the Bible yet, don't worry, it's here. We're going to look at it in a moment, all right? This is the extra bit. This is free. This is before we get to the Bible. But before we do that, listen, if this morning you know that in your heart sometimes you can be cynical, or if you know in your heart this morning you're hungry for God to break in. You need a fresh touch from him. Can you stand right where you are? We're going to pray right now. Thank you so much. Bless you. Wow. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You know, there's nothing magic about standing but it does something in our hearts that says, God, I'm here for you. Maybe you want to lift your hands to the Lord. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you for my dear friends here this morning. Hungry for you. Hungry for more of you. Lord, I want to pray right now. Holy Spirit, come. Right now, even in these moments, Lord, we're going to look at your word in a minute and you're going to teach us and speak to us, we know. But Lord, I want to ask you right now, come Holy Spirit, right at the beginning of our day. Father, I thank you for every heart here, every life, every person who loves you, who's been faithfully serving you week in, week out. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, come afresh. Come and restore in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you for fresh joy in serving you. I ask you for fresh power.
power from the Holy Spirit. God, I'm asking you that you would come and breathe afresh. Lord, where there's been even just a little bit of cynicism in hearts, Lord, we break that off in Jesus' name. We break it off right now and say, let your freedom come, Holy Spirit. Let your joy come afresh. I, I feel that God wants to restore some joy this morning. Maybe some of you in the past have been known for people who have seen much joy in the Holy Spirit, but just recently there hasn't been a lot. I feel this morning God wants to come and bring joy to you in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the, <laughs> in the Holy Spirit. So let it come, Lord. Let it come, Lord. Oh, breathe, Lord God. Breathe, Holy Spirit. Oh, receive right now where you are. Receive. Oh, come, Lord. Thank you. We don't have to wait till the end of a preach to respond. But Lord, we want to respond to you because you are good. God wants you to know this morning, friends, that he is good. He is your father and he is good. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. You're going to take your seat. You can carry on receiving if you are. That's great. It's Jacob, isn't it? Got it right. Jacob, we were talking last night over dinner and just a great time just to get to know you and to connect a bit. And I just felt God speak to me for you. And uh, we were talking last night about those two pillars of word and spirit. And I, I know you love them both, as, as we do. And uh, I just felt God um, just placed an image in my mind as we were praying just then. And uh, I, I feel like it's been there are these two, two legs, you know, two legs, word and, word and spirit, word and spirit. And it's like one leg's been longer than the other. And it's like this, this word leg has been, been long and it's been, been strong. And there's been this really, real strength. There's muscles there that are, that are strong. And God honors that and, and blesses that. And uh, that's a good thing. And you know, that's, that's, that's a great thing. But, but this morning, I, I feel God wants to come to you, my friends. And this spirit leg that hasn't quite been as long and as strong... He wants, to, he wants that leg to grow today. 
and he wants to bring strength to those muscles that the word leg and the spirit leg are going to be equally strong and equally long. That's your phrase, equally strong and equally long. Where there's been strength in the word, God wants there to be strength in the spirit in Jesus' name. Today is about strengthening your spirit leg, equally long and equally strong, says the Lord. So Holy Spirit, I want to thank you for for Yaakov, Lord. Thank you for his church, Lord God. Thank you for all that you're doing amongst them as a people. We want to bless it, Lord. We want to say thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for their heart for you, their love for you, love for this city. Lord, we bless it in Jesus' name and say, God, let these two legs of word and spirit be equally long and equally strong in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, Father. You guys just keep praying, all right? Don't worry about me. I'll just wrap it on. Um, you keep praying. Yako, you keep receiving, my friends. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Listen, God breaks in unexpectedly. I told you we were talking to my cousin Trevor and his wife Janet after my dad's funeral. We went out for a meal with them in the evening and we sat in a pub eating, I don't know what, burger or something. And uh, Sarah and I are there and we're talking to Trevor and Janet and God breaks in, in this pub. So we're talking, they're prophesying, Sarah's crying. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But God breaks in unexpectedly. And God is the God of the unexpected. He wants to do some unexpected things today. You know, he really does. Break in afresh. That, that led us, you know, to leading Jubilee into a, a time of prayer and fasting, praying for God's presence because God had put in our hearts a hunger for him. We weren't prepared to be satisfied with the ordinary anymore. The ordinary is done, okay? The ordinary is, is done. We were fed up with the ordinary. We wanted... We wanted God, we wanted his presence. And so the church, we were praying. We led the church into praying and fasting for the presence of God to come. And uh, then I went off to the Far East for two weeks. And I left the church praying and fasting. And I went off. And um, while I was away, one Sunday morning, suddenly God broke in. I wasn't even there. Some of my friends would say, that's why God broke it there. <laughs> I don't know, probably. You know, and uh, God broke in in a most wonderful and unexpected way. I, I get a text from my friend David saying, God's turned up. Wow. I came back two weeks later, it's like a different church. You know, the, the people, they look the same, the same sort of faces. But God has done something quite remarkable. Suddenly he's put in our hearts such a hunger for him, such a desire for his presence, such a yearning to linger in all that he's doing. I'm not, I've walked back into a different church. Now, listen, it hasn't all been perfect since then. I don't want to pretend something that isn't the case. Okay, but listen, fundamentally things are different. Things have changed. We're not prepared to put up with the ordinary anymore. We're pursuing God's presence. So that's why we started running some, some conferences and stuff and just seeking to bless people to pursue God's presence because that's the journey we're on. 
And, you know, it's not like we're miles ahead of you. We're just maybe one or two steps. We've tried some things and done some stuff, and God's been very kind to us. And that's why we're here to share some of that with you, and I trust be an encouragement to you in it. But listen, it took us to get hungry. It took us to get hungry. So good to have some words this morning about feasting on God. But it took us to get hungry for him. Too often we can get satisfied with too little. And we go, oh, this is all it is. It's just the starter and the crisps and the celery. We go, that's okay, I'll live on that. No, I'm not living on that. I want the main course. I want what God has got for us. Don't settle for too little. I think us Christians, sometimes we settle for too little. We go, this is just how it is. I don't want to settle anymore. I really don't. I want to be hungry for more of him. So I want to encourage you, as you've taken a day out of your, you know, of your life to be here and encounter God, be hungry today. Because God wants to do some wonderful things. Listen, we're going to look at the Bible. Why don't you open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33. Why is pursuing his presence so important anyway? Listen, it's this. In Exodus 33, God promises Moses that he's going to lead the people of Israel into the land that he's promised them. And God has already said to Moses that he will send an angel ahead of them to drive out their enemies. But he himself, he's not going to go with them because of their rebellion. God calls them a stiff-necked people. That doesn't sound good, does it? I don't want to be called a stiff-necked person. That's what God says to them. So God says, listen, I'm not going to go with you, but I'll send an angel with you. I wonder, if you had been Moses, what would you have said? I wonder what your response would have been. Now, I think God's saying, I'm going to give you an angel to go ahead and drive out your enemies. I think that sounds good. That's all right, isn't it? I'll give you your own angel to drive out the enemies before you. I'll be like, yeah, Lord, that's pretty good. That's okay. But it's not okay. Because God said, I'm not going to go with you, but I'll send an angel. Maybe we would have been like, okay, angels, that's okay. I'll take the angel, thank you. And off we go. Moses wasn't like that. Moses goes, no. No. He wanted more than an angel. Moses wanted God's very presence. God himself. Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, leave these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you found favour with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favour with you. Remember, this nation is your people. Then the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you 
rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Well, now show me your glory. So Moses says to the Lord, he'd rather not go anywhere if God wasn't coming to. Angel, that doesn't want angel. Moses wants the presence of the Lord. He wants God himself. I wonder, would you have settled for the angel or fought for the presence? Moses fought for the presence of God. Because he realises that no presence was no different. It's only the presence of God that distinguishes Moses and the people from anybody else. What makes them different to every other nation? Are they cleverer? Are they stronger? Are they prettier? It's none, of, none of those things. It's only the presence of of the Lord. And friends, it's the same for us as the people of God, as the church of God. Listen, I know in my nation, and I'm sure in yours, there are lots of groups of people that meet for different reasons. They might have an interest in the same sport or a particular hobby or might study the same things. There, there are all sorts of groups that meet for all sorts of different reasons. And people could think, oh, the church is just another one of those groups. They just, you know, makes they're interested in, in these things. No different to us, really. No, no. The only difference for us is we've got the presence of God. We've got the presence of the living God. So do you want to be a part of a church that is hungry for God's presence? I do. That's not a church that I want to be part of. And I want that for my kids as well. You know, I want them to grow up in a church that is hungry for God's presence, hungry for seeing more of Him, and not prepared for, to satis- be satisfied with just the ordinary. Don't you want that? We need that for us. Why is pursuing God's presence important? Well, for us, we need that. We need God's presence amongst us. That's what marks us out as difference. That's what marks the church of God out as different from any other organization on earth. It's the presence of God. I want that as well for those who don't know Jesus yet. We'll come to that in a moment. But listen, as the Old Testament unfolds from Moses on, you find that the temple becomes the dwelling place of God. It's where you'd go to encounter the presence of God. The Holy of Holies, right in the middle of the temple, that that place where God dwells. So holy, even the high priest only went in once a year. And even then, he went in with a rope on his ankle so that if he died in there, he could get dragged out without anybody else having to go in and find him. 
very presence of God right there in the temple. But listen, that was then. Now it's different. Now God dwells in us by his Spirit, in you and me. And so now, corporately, the church is a dwelling place of God. That's the people of God. We don't go to a building. We don't go to a temple. So that's where God lives. No, no, now God lives in you. God lives in us, his people, the church. Paul puts it like this in 1 Corinthians 3. He says, don't you know you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives among you? He uses interesting sort of choice of words. It's like a plural. He says, use. Like, like saying you lots together. That's where God dwells. God dwells in you. You are God's temple. We are the dwelling place of God. And as we gather together, we should expect to encounter his presence. Because the dwelling place of God is in his people. So it's like, it's like you're the temple now. And you're a portable temple. Back then, the temple didn't move. Big building. wasn't going to go anywhere. Now, you're the temple of God's. You can go anywhere. You've got these legs. You can move them around. Or if you're, if you're unable to walk, you might have a wheelchair. You can wheel her out. You can take the presence of God wherever you go. You're a portable temple. Full of the Holy Spirit. And his presence marks us out. And his presence changes us. You know, for the early church, it was the power of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God that changed the apostles from frightened followers to dynamic disciples. Think about it. They were locked away in an upper room. They were scared. They what was going on. Think of what's happening. Then suddenly God breaks in. The Holy Spirit comes and they're changed in a moment because of the presence of God. What happens? God thrusts them out onto the world to bring his presence into every part of society. Why is pursuing his presence important? It's not just for us, but secondly, it's for those who don't know Jesus yet. It really is. Encountering God's presence is not meant to be something you keep to yourself. We've had different moves of God in the past. I remember a move of God back in the 90s, mid-90s. And we had some wonderful meetings in those times. It's when I was filled with the Spirit, baptised in the Spirit the first time. But it's like it was just contained in a meeting. It never really leaked out, never got anywhere. But now I think God's doing something new and he wants his presence outside the four walls of the church. This is not just about a Sunday morning thing. This is about a Monday morning thing. It really, really is. As I observe what God's doing in some different places around the world, I think increasingly it's more and more out in the marketplace, not just in the worship place. That's where God wants to move. And who is he going to use? 
going to use people like you and me if we're open to that. This is not about keeping something to ourselves. This is about giving something away. What did Jesus say in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll get the Holy Spirit goosebumps in a meeting. Is that what he says? You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll feel good in a meeting. It's not what it says. Acts 1 verse 8 says this. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is for mission. This is in order that you and I might be witnesses to those who don't know Jesus yet. God's presence will transform us and take us to the very ends of the earth. Now God wants you to be a blessing to those around you. Wants you to bring his presence to those that you encounter, those that you live amongst, those that you work amongst, those that you study amongst, those that you enjoy leisure time with. God wants you to bring his presence to those people and those places because you're a portable temple. Wherever you go, the presence of God goes. Wherever you go. Remember right back in the beginning of the Bible, we find God making some promises to Abraham. And he talks about Abraham being a blessing to the nations. And his descendants would be a blessing to the nations. God's heart hasn't changed. That's still his plan. That you would be a blessing to those around you and indeed the nations. God wants to use you to be a blessing. God's presence brings that. I felt really stirred this week because I've been been praying for today and, and thinking about it. Unexpectedly, I've been thinking about Obed Edom. Do you remember Obed Edom? We're going to look at his story in a moment. You find it in 2 Samuel chapter 6. In fact, why don't we we turn to it? It's in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Now, I've never preached on Obed-Edom before, but I felt God stir my heart uh, about this this week. And um, we'll we'll read it together. 2 Samuel chapter 6. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and his, all his men went to Balalat in Judah to bring them up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who's enthroned between the cherubim on the ark. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. 
David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, systems, and cymbals. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, the place is called President Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittites. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Now David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing out the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. So the Ark of the Covenant here is that which contains the very presence of God in that time. And Obed-Edom ended up with it in his house. David had gone to move the Ark and had done it in a way that hadn't honoured God, in a way he shouldn't have done. And as a result, this this guy reaches out his hand and goes to to stop it falling and God judges him because he, he touched the Ark of the Covenant that he shouldn't have done. And David, now scared, unsurprisingly, is like, well, I can't have that around. Just get rid of it. I'm sending it to Obed-Edom. He can have it. And so the Ark there ends up in Obed-Edom's home for three months. And the Bible says that everything in his life and his family was blessed. I I love the name Obed-Edom. I wanted to call one of our kids Obed-Edom, but I wasn't allowed to, which is a shame because I think it's a good name. Who thinks it's a good name? It's a good name, isn't it? Okay, But I wasn't allowed to, which is disappointing. We're not having another one. Don't worry. It's okay. Not going to happen. So, <laughs> but I've, I've never... I've never preached on him, but I felt God stir my heart about him this week because I felt that God wanted to teach us from this passage something about his presence. Obed-Edom was willing to host the presence of God when everybody around him went, whoa, no way. But he was like, well, I'll take the ark. Yeah, just stick it in the lounge over there in the corner. We're not going to get too close, but we'll have it there in the lounge, in the the living room. It's okay. It can just stay there. Everyone else is scared. Not surprisingly, really. 
Others just died because he reached out to grab it. All Israel has seen David try and move the ark. It didn't work out. Someone died on the way. And David was afraid and angry and just takes the ark to Obed-Edom's home to get rid of it. But God blessed him and his family because of the presence of the Lord. You know, there will be some people that don't want to be around the presence of God. There will be. There will be some Christians who love Jesus but don't want to be around the presence of the Lord. Not everyone wants to be there. But listen, it's an exciting place to be. It's where the action is. It's where God turns up. Who wants to be there? I want to be there. But there are plenty of Christians who don't want to be there. Who go, you know what? It's unpredictable. I'm not sure what God's going to do. God might break out in a new way. There might be something different. The meeting might overrun. Shock horror. We can't predict what it's going to look like. I don't want that. I'm not going to go there. There are lots of Christians like that. But listen, for Obed-Edom, he said, I'll take the ark. And what happens? His family, the Lord blessed him and his entire household. Verse 11. His whole family and household gets blessed because he's prepared to host the presence of God. I think this morning, I feel like God is asking each of us, are you willing to be like Obed-Edom? Are you willing to host the presence of the Lord? Will you make space for God's presence in his life, in your life? Will you make space for God's presence in your life? And for those of you who uh, lead anything in his church, I feel God would say, will you make space in your church for his presence? Will you make space for God in your small group, your house group, your kids' meeting? Will you make space for the presence of God in your youth meeting? If you're a church leader here this morning, I feel God would say to you, as he would to me, will you make space for my presence in your church? My, my, my friend in the UK, a guy called uh, Jared Cooper, he talks about having what he calls a run sheet. And a run sheet is basically, it's, it's one of these bits of paper that has all the times on. And it tells you what's going to happen when. Now, some things are important, like lunch. Okay, you're right. But some churches, they, they just plan out what God's going to do. 
Because they know it's going to be one song here, a prayer there, two songs there, then there's a Bible reading, and then the kids get to do something, another song, and then, then the sermon, and, and then we're done. And it's so predictable and so planned that there's no opportunity for God to break in. And what Jared says, he said, you know what, you should take the run sheet, throw it away. Now, I know we need to honour time, I get that. Those of us who rent buildings, it's not our own space. We've got to get out before they come and close the doors. I know that. We need to honour our kids' workers who look after kids faithfully on a, on a Sunday morning. I, I, I don't know that. But in the time that we have, let's not plan out God's. Let's not plan out what God wants to do. Now, I know God can be in planning. If anybody likes a good plan, it's me. Okay? I know that. Those of you who know, it, know me are going, yeah, he does. He really does. <laughs> so I'm preaching to myself as much as to you here. But let's not plan out what God wants to do. Let's give God some space to break in and do some unexpected things. You know, I thought earlier in my preach, I thought, I think I should probably ask people to respond. To sit, but, but I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I'm standing here thinking, is anyone going to stand up? What I'm, think, I'm standing here thinking, what do I say if no one stands up? I'm thinking, I can say something like, you can respond in your heart. <laughs> That's what I would have said. That's the get out. <laughs> or I can go, you know, so I'm thinking, do I just skip that? Because I could look foolish. I'm not good at many things, but I'm good at looking foolish. So do I just skip that because there's a risk there? What if God doesn't turn up? What if no one responds? I'm going to look foolish. Well, it's not the end of the world, is it? So how about I'm thinking, okay, I take a risk. Uh, What do I say if it doesn't happen? Well, we'll worry about that other time, but let's just see what God might want to do. I want to encourage you, friends. Why not take some of those opportunities? Let's just see what God might want to do. I'm all for planning. I'm all for preparing well. I'm all for praying and seeking God before a meeting. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying let's, in the moment, take some risks. Let's see what God might want to do. Let's, let's respond to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. And for me, it is only ever a whisper. It's only ever a fleeting image. Now, I hope you don't mind me using you as an illustration, Jacob, but as, as we prayed for you earlier, it, that wasn't a planned thing. It wasn't that I've got this big thing in my mind, I think I know what it is. It was a fleeting image that came and went. But I've learnt now that often God is in that. It doesn't hang around in my mind for long. It's not that God's got some great flashing light over someone's head and go, that's the person, this is what you need to say, it's all here. For me, it comes and goes in a moment and I need to make a choice. Do I respond to that or not? And what I'm learning to do, I don't get it right every time, but what I'm learning to do is hear that whisper, to see that image and think, I think God's in this. Let's go with that and see what happens.
I think for each of us, there needs to be more of, let's go with that and see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? What was the worst that would have happened if I'd invited people to stand and no one did? Well, I'll feel a bit foolish. You would have thought, Darfur, what did you do that for? <laughs> Maybe. But no one gets hurt. No one dies. It's not the end of the world. But in a moment, maybe God wants to turn up. I think so often we can program God out of our meetings and he's desperately wanting to turn up and break in if only we would let him. I know lots of Christians and lots of churches who love Jesus but they don't allow any space for God to turn up and work in that moment. I feel for us this morning, God's provoking us afresh. And if you're a church leader this morning, I want to humbly suggest that for people like you and me, God is provoking us afresh to take those steps, to get out of the boat and see what happens, to see if God does want to say something. See if he does want to turn up and do some unexpected things. See, God's not contained in a box anymore. He's not in an ark in the living room of Obed-Edom. It's a good name. It's a really good name. He's not there anymore. He's in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jeremy's going to talk this afternoon more about being baptised, being filled with the Holy Spirit and that river of life running to other places all around you. At least I think that's what you're going to talk about. You might change your mind by then. <laughs> you're that portable temple that God wants to see going to different places. And you know what? You are different to the person next to you. Turn to the person. Yeah, yes. You said that out loud, Dan. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're unique. Listen. You can take God's presence, you can take God's presence to places no one else can. You can reach people that no one else can. You are unique. You are a carrier of God's presence. You are a portable temple. And so this is why we're hosting with these guys today. This is why it's a subject that God is putting in our hearts and we're passionate about. Because we want to see individuals and church communities changed by the presence of God. You know, I'm done with being predictable and boring. I've done that for too long. I don't want that anymore. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for my friends who don't know Jesus yet. I want God and his presence. So if we want to be growing in that and growing in the gifts that he gives for us to use, then we need to be hungry for more of that and asking him for it. I think so often we, uh, we sort of think a gift of the Holy Spirit, 
maybe the prophetic gift, words and knowledge, that sort of thing, we think, oh, that's for Sunday. No, no, no. Sunday's the place to practice because actually it's for Monday through Saturday. So people who don't know Jesus yet. And you might, work, you might phrase it differently. You might not go to your non-Christian friend at work and say, I have a word of knowledge for you. <laughs> they'll look at you. Then they'll punch you. Then they'll look at you again and it won't happen. But listen, you might say, you might put it differently. Same gift, different language. You might say, oh, have you been thinking about such and such lately? Or does this, does this name mean anything to you? You could ask it as a question. Same gift, different language. And some of the, a couple of the, we've got two seminars running this afternoon, and um, they're going to help you with things like that. But it all comes from being hungry for the presence of God, hungry for more of Him and open to him moving in our lives. There is lots more I could say. But I'm not going to. Why don't we stand together? Paul came across some believers in Acts 19. And one of his first questions, Acts 19 verse 1, is he he asked them, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit? He wasn't afraid to ask the question. And for many of us, the answer would be yes. Some of us, sometimes the answer is, I don't know. I'm not sure. Sometimes the answer was certainly for the believers here in Acts 19. The answer was, no, I haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray more about those things this afternoon. But I feel just to provoke us with the question, have you received the Holy Spirit? And are you living in the good of that? Some of us can think, oh yeah, I received the Holy Spirit back then at a meeting. You know, way back some years ago. Yeah, I received the Holy Spirit then. That's great. I'm really pleased for you. What difference is that making in your life today? Are you living in the good of it? I'd love us to to pray just in these moments before we, we break for lunch that God would stir our hearts again. That we would be like Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Happy to host the presence of God. He and all his household were blessed. I bet people around him noticed. I bet they could see a difference, you know. I wonder what will your friends notice? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we want to say this morning, we are hungry for you. Lord Jesus, we are hungry for you. We're looking to you. God, we want to receive from you afresh today. (laughs) 
We say, Lord, as we've put this day in our diary to come here, to travel in, Lord, be it from a suburb of the city or from another nation, we say we're hungry for you, Lord, because it's only your presence that marks us out as different. And so, Lord, we 